what Kenneth was saying and the testimonies that he gave were it's an incredible thing because I was reading a, a quote from St. Francis and he made a statement about from friendship you learn faith. From friendship you learn faith. And that's exactly what happened with this man that uh, Kenneth worked with all of those years. It's through the prolonged friendship, the relationship that brought this man to faith. That's what did it. Uh, God used that to create that within his heart. So Paul tells us that we are saved by grace through faith and even that is a gift of God. And the way it works is that it begins by God revealing himself. Um, In Hebrew, the words for believe and faith and truth, it's all the same word in Hebrew. Believe, faith, and truth. In Greek, same word for faith and belief. Different word for truth. But these things are very, very um, closely related. And so what happens is that God in His grace begins to reveal to us the truth of who He is and who we are. And when we see Him for who He is, we begin to see ourselves for who we are and we see how great our need really is. How far short of God's glory that we come. And that's important because we were created in His image, created to bear His image and His glory. And when we sin... We deface that image. And so the truth begins to be revealed to us. And Jesus talks about John 14, 6. He said that he is the truth. And then starting in chapter 14, chapter 15, chapter 16, three times he refers to the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He is the spirit of truth. He takes the truth of God and he applies it to our heart. And when that happens, there's that within us which God created that knows the truth when we hear it. And we respond to it. So when we respond to the truth, that means that we have a decision to make. We can accept the truth or we can reject it. So what happens is that truth comes and it awakens or produces uh, belief or faith. And If that's a genuine faith or a genuine belief that's there, it results in obedience. Um, Because faith or belief is more than just an intellectual assent. It's not enough just to say, I understand that that's truth as opposed to being a falsehood. When you say that, that makes us accountable and responsible. We're responsible to do something with that truth, to act upon it. And we are accountable to God for the truth that we have heard. And we in this country, we have heard the truth. uh, And we've seen it demonstrated in the lives of people who have lived before us and have demonstrated that, lived it out in the same way that uh, Kenneth and Miriam and their staff, they are living out the truth. And it's through that living experience that they are able to see it and understand it. People can understand that. And so this man that uh, Kenneth was talking about, the thing that really brought that home was the relationship. Because he saw the truth of the love and mercy and grace of Christ lived out and he experienced it himself. And that's what God does in every one of our lives. He brings someone into our heart, into our life that points us in the right direction. And that awakens 
makes us, uh, gives us an opportunity to enter into the fullness of that and experience the life. Francis was right. From friendship, we learn faith. Hebrews says, without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so it's through um, this understanding of the relationship, God taking the first step, taking the initiative, Holy Spirit actively working within us, creating within us the ability to believe and respond. That is God's, that's the gift of God. That's the grace of God. The Holy Spirit applying that truth and awakening our conscience and our spiritual life. Showing us our need as we come to Him. So this is why it tells us in Genesis 15, Abraham believed God and it was credited as righteousness. And you remember that um, people asked Jesus, what must we do to work the works of God? And he says, you believe in the one whom God has sent. You enter into a living relationship because it's Christ who saves us. Uh, And that's God's grace. In Luke 17, uh, verses 5 and 6, the disciples came to Jesus one day and he said to, they said to the Lord, increase our faith. So they were asking. They were understanding the value of faith and how it operated. They were beginning to learn that through their association with Jesus, through their observance of his life, through experiencing the ministry that he gave to them, um, having their lives transformed, and seeing God at work. And through the years, this is one of the things that we as a church have been able to do uh, in relationship with Kenneth and Miriam. We've been able to see God's grace at work through people, through circumstances, uh, through his faithfulness. And he invites us to participate in that. And he had done that with the disciples. And so they said, well, um, we need more faith. Increase our faith. And Jesus replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will, be, it will obey you. Now, what he was saying is that um, a little bit of faith is a very, very powerful thing. It's not the amount of faith that you have. It's whether you use it or not. And as you use it, faith grows. Becomes stronger. Becomes more a part of our life. So, when he's talking like that, Um, he draws together three things mustard seeds, trees and mountains so the disciples come and they say increase our faith he says if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed you can move this mulberry tree Um, in Matthew 17 and in Mark 9 you have their account of the transfiguration of Jesus and you remember that when Jesus came down and the disciples uh, Peter, James and John came down from that mountain after having this tremendous revelation from God, it's this tremendous experience, there was a a demon-possessed boy at the bottom, and the other disciples had been praying and trying to cast out this demon, and nothing worked. And so Jesus came, and he spoke the word, and the child was delivered and set free, returned to his father. But they were asking those questions about faith. And Matthew 17, verse 20 
he again talks to them comparing um, faith to a grain of mustard seed. Let me find where I'm at. 17 verse 20. So they asked Jesus afterwards, uh, why couldn't we drive out this demon? He replied, because you have so little faith. Tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mountain's, a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, he says you can move mountains. Uh, in the similar parallel passage in Mark 9, verse 23, he's linking faith and belief together. Mark chapter 9, same context. This is where he's talking with the father, the boy's father. And the boy's father is saying, um, if you can do something, disciples prayed and nothing happened. He's desperately calling on Jesus and he's saying, if you can do something, please help, my, help, help us. And Jesus replies, if you can, everything is possible for him who believes. And so again, he's linking the truth of his presence, the presence of Christ, with the opportunity to believe, to express that faith in obedience. In Matthew 21, um, again, this is the account of uh, the withered fig tree. This is just before the crucifixion. You remember that Jesus cursed this fig tree and it withered very quickly. So we're in chapter 21 of Matthew's gospel, verses 21 and 22. So they said, how did this fig tree wither so quickly? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to this fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. So again, faith and belief, pretty much the same thing. And it results in faith created by truth. So from friendship, we learn faith. It's through friendship that the truth, the relationship, begins to take part within our hearts and lives. Abraham um, is called the friend of God. We know Abraham as a man of faith. And as you read through the book of Genesis, you find this man beginning, um, he's a very fearful man. And um, sometimes his faith faltered. But as you read through those years of his life that are there in Genesis, you find that through that personal relationship of God, God begins to lead him step by step in faith-building exercises is basically what it is. And each step that he takes... Each time he believes and trusts God and accepts that and acts upon it in obedience, his faith grows and it becomes stronger and greater. And the challenges become harder, more difficult. And at the end, then he becomes the man who embodies faithfulness. From a fearful, selfish, self-centered man, he becomes a man of faith. And God did that through this ongoing relationship. 
in Exodus 33:11 and also in Numbers and in Deuteronomy talks about Moses' relationship to God and it says that the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend and we, we marveled at the things that God was able to do through this man and the way that that happened is that God was able to speak to him and talk with him and through that relationship um, the faith be- it grew and developed and became a very powerful thing you remember that um, John 15 Jesus gets the disciples together and he says uh, I am calling you you are my friends greater love has no man than this that he lay down his life for his friends you are my friends and he said I want you to know what I'm doing uh, because a friend will sit down and talk about what he's going to do he'll share his plans, his dreams, his hopes his fears with his friends and because of that relationship there God begins to reveal to the disciples, wants to reveal to them uh, what he's going to do so that they can participate, they'll know how to pray They'll know how to respond. They'll know what's expected. How should we live in a world like this? As we walk with the Lord through that relationship, He shows us. He lets us know and then He enables us to actually live out that kind of a life. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 24 says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That friend's name is Jesus. And he has come to save us and to draw us into the relationship with him. From friendship, we learn faith. That's good news for me. Um, This man that Kenneth befriended wasn't a nice man when you first met him, as far as a nice friend to know. He was an alcoholic, Um, he was a thief, he had done those kinds of things. Luke chapter 7, Jesus is comparing uh, the response that people gave to John the Baptist with the response that they're giving to him. And John the Baptist was an aesthetic. Uh, He was a man long fasts. Um, He was probably a very gaunt. um, And he didn't shave or anything or cut his hair because he was a Nazarite. And he was coming out of the desert wearing skins of camels. And the food that he ate most often was locust and wild honey and water and a very austere life a monastic kind of hermit, hermit type of life and they come and they say man this guy this guy's nuts Jesus comes and he's moving among the people he's welcoming them he's, he's eating with them he's sharing their lives with them and they say here is a glutton and a drunkard a friend of tax collectors and sinners And that gives me hope. Jesus is a friend of sinners. And that gives me hope. Through friendship, we learn faith. Look at the disciples. You you know, what a motley crew. Um, You had zealots. These are the revolutionaries, reactionaries, militant people. You've got tax collectors who are compromising and I don't know how these guys got along when they met together. Uh, Some of their meetings would have been very um, interesting to say the least. And God took these, this uh, group of men, James and John with fiery tempers wanting to call down fire on anybody who opposed them. 
Peter who is weak and vacillating in his faith, Thomas who has questions and doubts and fears, you know, people like us, huh? And he took them and he, he called them his, for his disciples so that they could be with him and be sent forth from him. First comes the being with him. And that's what it means to be a disciple. I want to close this morning with um, 2 Timothy chapter 1. And Paul is writing to this young leader of the church. And I'm going to start with verse 8. You don't hear this very often, but uh, it's not a fearful thing. So he's been reminding Timothy that God gave him not a spirit of timidity or fear, but a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. So he says, starting in verse 8, So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner. At the time of this writing, Paul's in prison um, awaiting judgment. But join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet I am not ashamed because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. We read this and first thing that hits me is... Suffering? Wait a minute. <laughs> Join me in suffering? What kind of an invitation is that? How many of y'all want to come up here and uh, join me in suffering for the gospel? <laughs> you know, that's, that's the kind of thing that Paul is telling Timothy. But that's not the focus of what he's saying. He's saying that's the reality of part of what it means to live in a sinful world. But the focus of what Paul is writing to Timothy is God's presence, his purpose, and his grace. And he's saying as long as we know that we're walking with the Lord and we're fulfilling his purpose, we are experiencing God's grace on a daily basis. And we are being drawn into a closer walk and fellowship with him. He said God had this in his heart before the beginning of time. And God's love and God's grace is upon us because of who God is. And so Francis was right. It's from friendship you learn faith. And that's what Paul just told Timothy. I'm not ashamed because I know the one that I've believed in. That's the friendship. That's the relationship out of which all the things happen. Uh, the things that God has been able to use, Rodham and Kenneth and Miriam, the way they were able to do that, is because of the one whom they believed and God's faithfulness to them. And it's as we continue to walk with him that God will pour out his spirit in increasing ways, in increasing ways. And so when all of our dreams and all of our visions have been fulfilled, God will give us new ones. It's just the beginning. And he will expand that vision and he will help it to grow and then he will 
provide that walk with him that makes it possible. So in our church, we have communion every Sunday. It's a healthy thing for us to be reminded of the grace of God given us through Jesus Christ, as Paul wrote to Timothy. And it's through Jesus Christ that God is reaching out his hand to us who are unlovely and unlovable. But he reaches out that hand of grace, of friendship, and of mercy to people like us. And he invites us to participate, to become a part of what he is doing. And that's what it means to be a friend. You help your friend when they need help. You walk with them. You go through the difficult times, the hard times. You celebrate the joys and the victories. And when one of us stumbles, a good friend will be there to help pick you up. Won't abandon you, won't forsake you. A friend loves at all times, Proverbs says. And there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And that's what God, through his son Jesus Christ, is offering to us. This is possible because although our sins call forth judgment and death because of our unfaithfulness and our unloveliness and our selfishness. God in his great mercy sent Jesus Christ to take that upon himself that we might experience the faithfulness of God and might become what he created us to be, the image of Christ. So the Holy Spirit as he quickens the truth to our hearts as he creates faith that helps us to enter into that belief and trust that results in obedience to the Lord. It's through Jesus Christ that that's possible. So on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying, Take, eat. This is my body and it's broken for you. Every time I think about the broken body of Christ, I think about my sins that have been forgiven and the great love and mercy of Christ reaches down to me. After supper, he took the cup. And after he had given thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, All of you drink from this cup. This cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you and for many. It's for the forgiveness of sins. The soul that sins, it will die. But through the blood of Christ, we can enter into life. And that's the life that he came to give his life in place of ours. And he invites us to come and participate in that. So in our church, um, we believe in open communion. That means this table is the Lord's. Uh, it was Jesus who died on the cross, and he died for us all. And so he invites us to come and to participate this morning. As a church, um, as sinners saved by grace, as some still in the process, uh, we invite you to join with us as we um, enter into this act of worship and praise and thanksgiving for God's mercy and fellowship. His offer of a new, fresh start for each one of us. And um, uh, you're free to come, and we hope you do. Don't feel any pressure to do that. If you're uncomfortable with that, that's not a problem. But uh, I'm going to ask uh, those who are serving communion to please come forward.